Hi, my name is Christian. I'm co-founder of DDAX, which is a risk debt company in the commercial real estate industry. And uh, welcome to the second episode of Risk Debt Talks. In the last episode, our co-founder Janitor talked about the differences between the traditional or more traditional risk management approaches and some newer, more advanced risk management approaches in the commercial real estate industry and also touched some, some topics with uh, respect to the low frequency of data flow in the commercial real estate sector. Uh, today, I, I want to take the chance to talk a bit more about my experience and my motivation to move into this uh, risk tech sector and uh, trying to implement more advanced risk management systems. And I would also give you some kind of uh, vision we have, and especially when it comes to financial risk management in, in the commercial real estate business. When I look back, I mean I'll have uh, about 30 years of working experience in the, in the real estate sector. And I did my whole cycle from doing real estate debt financing, doing real estate investments and also doing real estate restructuring, um, either in Europe or, or internationally. What came as a pattern in all these years was that the risk management approach was on the one hand quite complicated, uh, kept you quite busy, but on the other hand the results were quite inefficient. Uh, I would say they were static and inefficient. And I'm sure Anybody who is working in this business has some kind of the same experience as I had during those years. I mean, who doesn't remember those Excel lists coming up and down, which you had to fill out uh, a lot of Excel lists, a lot of same information in different Excel lists, uh, kept whole departments quite busy. But when it comes to the results, uh, sometimes didn't address the real issues we had uh, on the ground. And uh, on the other hand, uh, risk management was quite defensive in trying new things, in, in going into, into new areas or asset classes, going into new markets. And so it was a constant fight between people who had to do the business and people who, of course, tried to protect the entity, but in, uh, in some kind of very defensive measures, which, which sometimes overshoot the whole purpose. And that's from that time I had this idea of making the risk management process much easier to make the life of people much easier who are working first of all with the risk management information system and on the other hand who are the addressees of this risk management information systems. But of course um, during those years I went through a couple of companies and the, the pattern did not really change. It was not until five years ago while studying uh, big data, data science, and I got into the world of statistical modeling and artificial intelligence. This was also the time when I started to reimagine the risk management possibilities in the real estate industry. And the range of possibilities is quite huge. Not only that it makes things much easier, much faster, much more practicable, it moves the way how we think risk management uh, to that extent that things get more dynamic. So the basic idea is to um, create a solution backed by advanced risk algorithms and which is embedded in the uh, overall risk management system of real estate companies and which keeps executives and decision makers up to date at any time, which chooses the right topics for decision making and which 
puts those decision makers with the, with the choice of decision options uh, in any of those circumstances and especially when the level of uncertainty rises and the stress goes up in, in, in uh, special market circumstances. And all this should be done in an easy way and in a practicable way uh, so that also the user of those risk management information systems is able to, to, to work with it, to work with it fast and to work with it in a very efficient way. So just imagine a, a decision maker who is able to, to just take his iPad and get immediately informed about the current stage of his or her entity, what's going on at, at the moment, at the current stage, who is also informed about possible future market developments and immediately gets feedback about the impact of those potential future market developments on her own portfolio, on her own entity and uh, sees the impact, uh, for example, with respect to equity risk positions, to cash flows, to current liquidity, uh, also debt repayment capabilities, rent prices, vacancy developments, and all this kind of stuff. And the very important point is that these risk algorithms take care that those information come in due time, so the decision maker has enough time to react on potential new market developments. So the decision maker is in time to build up her own market and risk position according to what is expected in the market in, in, the, in, in the future. And all this information is of course available 24-7 and wherever you are as decision maker you, you can access this information and, and have this uh, very important overview in a very efficient, concise way. And exactly for this purpose we build up our risk algorithms so, on the one hand, to support those people who have to make the tough decisions, and especially when the stress level rises, and also for those people who have to prepare for the decision-making, who have to prepare the basis for the decision-making. So, in other words, who have to engage with the uh, risk management information system. Of course, I understand that it's hard to see how this can be achieved, and um, also so far there were a lot of shortcoming products in the market who promised quite a lot but didn't come up to their, to their um, uh, promises. I think one of the main causes why this was happening so far is that there's a lot of misconception when it comes to advanced risk uh, analytic models. I think what is very important to understand in this context is that in almost any industry advanced and advanced predictive analytical models are taking over the command. And also in the real estate industry, you can see this quite clearly because uh, some of the big players are already starting to experiment and are trying to, to build up in-house solutions. So rather sooner than later, any market player will face the situation either to implement those more advanced tools or simply to, to be left behind in the market. Provided this, let's talk now about the biggest challenges we face in the commercial real estate business. What we face is currently that most of the real estate markets have been booming now for over a decade. So in fact, as from the last big financial crisis, uh, real estate markets really improved quite a lot. And at the same time, all of this uh, coronavirus post-pandemic situation, uh, also the uh, 
uncertainty in the market is rising. Um, we have several topics. Uh, some of them is simply that we still don't know the economic impact of this uh, corona pandemic on, on our tenants, for example. So, of course, there are, there are opinions that nothing will happen, anything will go ahead and we, we came over this crisis. On the other hand, there are opinions that uh, the big insolvency wave will, is still to come and with the big insolvency wave, the vacancy will jump quite significantly, which impacts the real estate business, of course. Another issue is the way how home office will affect the need for office space in the market in the future. There is a certain chance that home office will lead to the fact that, uh, that companies will not need so much uh, office space anymore. Also here, there are different opinions that nothing will happen. The other opinion is that quite a lot will happen. Another topic is the sustainability in the real estate sector. Also a broad topic which brings up a lot of uncertainty. Just think about those assets which will not comply to sustain sustainability considerations. Will there be still a liquid market for those kind of assets? How much is the gap between, how much is the yield gap between those assets and, and the assets which are compliant to sustainability rules? And what is quite interesting in my point of view is that on the one hand we have these booming markets, booming markets for over one, one decade. On the other hand we have these rising uncertainties. And then already this discussion is starting that on the one hand existing risk management models will lose the accuracy because something might change in the market and in order to come over this we have to wait for one or two years to gather new information, to gather new data in the market to see how the market develops. Then we recalibrate our models and move ahead. In my point of view this is completely unacceptable. I mean just imagine now we have this situation that we come from booming markets, maybe it goes ahead like this, but maybe uh, certain market changes are happening in certain areas, in certain markets, in certain asset classes. So the uncertainty rises and exactly in these kind of situations, a decision maker needs the best backup he can get from his risk management system in order to know how he will take his market, how he will take his risk positions. Sitting back and wait until you gather your new information, until you know what's happening in the market, then to implement this new information in your risk models and then to build up the support for your decision makers will not work. This takes too long and will keep uh, your decision makers in the loop for much too long. But the point is, and this is very important in, in especially market circumstances as we face it right now, whenever there is uncertainty in the market, and there is always some kind of uncertainty in the market, probability comes into game. So, in fact, we do not sit back and wait until we gather new information. Instead, we work with risk models which are based on probability considerations. What this means is that even in situations, even in market situations, as we might face it right now, that is growing uncertainty, the high potential of change, changing market behavior, we still can support our decision makers. We don't sit back and wait and gather new information. We still are on the front line and uh, try to support the decision makers the best way we can. And the models are supporting this kind of approach. The question is how we are doing all this. I don't want to go into too much detail, 
but uh, there are some of the considerations which have to be taken into account when thinking about those uh, advanced risk models. On the one hand, we have to learn from the past, but without making the mistake to take over certain biases which might be in the, uh, in the pattern of the past. On the other hand, we have to learn from the present and from the current situation, and we have to implement this current situation in the, in the whole modeling. Uh, see the market situation right now. We, the past shows us quite booming markets, and on the other hand, we have right now this uncertainty in these markets, this rising uncertainty. What, what will happen in the markets? How will this go on? Are there any uh, changes in market behavior, uh, like home office or whatever? Yeah? So this is, those are very important questions to be addressed by those risk models. Just let me show you an example here of what I mean. Let's have a look at the graph. It shows uh, the yield developments of two markets for the next three years. So we want to know how the yield of both markets will develop within the next three years of investment term. And what is important here that we took over the market patterns as they were so far in the market, which means that we faced quite booming markets. And what we have, the model predicts that there is a lot of probability that yield developments will go, will even improve. You see the blue points, these are the yield combinations of two markets. And the dotted red lines are the current market levels. So in the first market, the current yield is 3% and the second market, the current yield is around 2.8%. And what we see here, that the blue points go in the left bottom uh, quarter, which means a constantly improving market conditions, which means the probability of having better market conditions in three years is, is, is very high. And you see these red points, which means that both markets are deteriorating. And actually, you don't see too much red points here. And, and in fact, talking about chances and probability, the chances in, in those two markets to get a, a worsening market condition in both markets is just 1% which is negligible, I would say. But as I said, this is when you take over market patterns as they were and you infiltrate a certain bias in, in doing your modeling. And now, let's see how this changes when you work with probabilities, when you take into account that the uncertainty is uh, quite higher in the moment, that the potential of market changes uh, much higher and uh, so let's see what's what's coming out here. We have the same situation, two markets and we are interested in the yield development of, of those markets in the next three years. And we also see the current market levels but what we see here now is, you can see this on the purple points, the, the probability that mo both markets are worsening at the same time is now no more 1%, it's already above 50%. And when you see the red points here is, this is the area where this deteriorating of both markets are really hurting the market valuation of real estate companies. In the, in the red point area, the uh, deterioration of market valuation would be 10% uh, and above, so quite significant. And what this chart tells, 
tells us is that based on the past market conditions and based on the current situation or the current uncertainty, we expect a market deterioration in both markets with a probability of above 50% and with a probability of 14% we expect market conditions which really start to hurt the, the balance sheet performance of real estate companies. So it's a complete different result, it's a, it's a completely different pictures, picture we get now out of these advanced risk management tools and based on this information even as the uncertainty in the market is quite high the decision maker, the executive, gets her answers, gets her necessary information in order to take her own risk and market position. And uh, this is quite important because you get into an active part, you are, you are not reacting, you are acting in a market, which gives you a quite significant competitive advantage. Of course, we are not talking about one single method, uh, one single tool. Those advanced risk management models are a combination of different approaches, different methods and different modules. As you saw in the, in the previous example, what we are especially interested in, and this is uh, especially true for market circumstances as we have it right now, is that we on the one hand want to know uh, when there is a change in market behavior, when there is the market turn, when, uh, when there is a possible market breakdown. And on the other hand, based on what we saw so far, the models are biased to be too optimistic. So it is very crucial to have this combination of different methods to implement a probabilistic approach in order to be effective. When building up those systems, on the one hand, you want to see which kind of market parameters are important for, for your models. Which market parameters do have the biggest impact on your portfolio position, on your entity position. So what we are implementing is, for example, is network, network analytics. And network analytics tells us which, which kind of parameters have the strongest influence within a single market, but also which markets are influencing each other. So we are breaking out of these market cycles, if you want to see it that way, and combining different markets to see if they influence each other and uh, to see if we have uh, regional clusters, cluster risk behaviors, and all these kind, all these sorts of, of behaviors, which are important, which have an have a quite a crucial impact on your on your portfolio situation, uh, on a corporate situation. And I guess this is also one of the, the biggest downsides at the moment in the commercial real estate sector that when we talk about markets, we talk about single markets. There's this market civil approach, which is uh, totally inefficient. It's, I think it's quite important to, to understand markets can be correlated to some extent. And uh, the correlation can get so far that, uh, that they're influencing, that those markets are influencing each other. And just to look at one market without taking the behavior of the other market into account would miss the point. And, and this market silo approach, in effect, does miss the point. And uh, as we all know, when things are influencing each other, then you, you start to build out cluster risk behavior. And cluster risks have a huge impact on your risk position, on a, on a portfolio's risk position, on a company's risk position. So as I said, on the one hand, we, we use networks analytics to, to define and filter out those parameters which are important. 
Then we have a lot of instruments in the, in, in the descriptive statistics area where we can find out if markets, if parameters are associated to each other, uh, if there is a cluster risk behaviors and, and, and topics like that. Another tool we are using is Monte Carlo simulations, I mean, uh, more specific Markov chain Monte Carlo simulations. And uh, those tools are incredibly useful uh, when talking about uh, mid to long term predictions. So when you want to know how markets could potentially develop in the mid to long run, so Markov chain Monte Carlo simulations are the way to, to find, find it out because they are not only offering the way markets could develop, but, but they're also quantifying the chances that a market develops in one or the other direction. And based on this, you immediately can implement those results into the business analytics of, the, of, of, your, of your own entity. And this gives incredible insights on, on what could happen to your portfolio, what could happen to your company in the mid to long run. This is a very useful tool in combination with networks analytics and in combination with descriptive statistics to, to, to get a really deep insight into potential market developments. Uh, those results of, of the Monte Carlo simulation are again basis for even more advanced analytical tools which combine machine learning instruments to, in order to get short-term predictions and in order to get this more short-term rather on, on, on future developments in the market. Just to make a long story short, um, what we are doing is we combine several advanced analytical methods in order to define certain market behaviors to quantify potential development of certain markets we take into account cluster risk behavior or potential cluster risk behavior and we combine the market results with the business analytics so whatever the market results it is immediately embedded into the risk and performance metrics of a corporation of a portfolio of course i understand that those of you which are not so into data science or are more skeptical about it. You find this quite intimidating, uh, especially considering that we are always moving into these kind of black boxes when talking about advanced, advanced analytical tools, and especially when talking about machine learning tools. But, but this is quite understandable and I would advise against the approach just to buy into some algorithms and accept black boxes where you do not know what the algorithm is doing and uh, what you put in, what you get out and why this is happening. So also legal considerations you have to take seriously. After all, we are working with data and uh, there are ways around this. There are ways to work with data without uh, breaching uh, data content, without uh, revealing data, without revealing sensible information. But uh, this would go beyond this episode and we definitely handle this kind of topic this kind of problem in one of the next episodes. But just let me add for now that uh, for me as a risk professional, the times are getting quite exciting. Uh, also taking into account my, my previous experiences and these decades of working with Excel sheets, um, times are really getting exciting. And now I can see a future where uh, decision makers and executives of, of real estate companies and also the shareholders of real estate companies have quite a seamless and pleasant way to keep an overview of a company's stage and where the journey has to head to. And what is more important, also to get more in insight on 
what is going on next in the market, what is going on uh, next with market developments and which kind of impact this will have on, on a company's position or a portfolio's position. So thank you so much for listening or watching. Next week we are continuing with other topics. Hope you will join in again. And if you want to find out more about these topics we, we discussed, then just contact us or see our homepage uh, ddarks.com to get more information, to get more insights. Thank you. Bye.